0: Well, the court case is very different. What's being applied for is very different from anything that's happened before. Uh, it's an application, the word impeachment is used, but it's an application to get the court to get Parliament to start to investigate the facts in the in Kandler's report, the public protector's report. Um, the argument is that this is the only way that the National Assembly can carry out its duty of overseeing and scrutinizing the executive. So um, that would lead, if the facts find evidence that um, the president has seriously violated the constitutional, or failed to fulfill serious duties in it, that would lead to impeachment proceedings. So that fact-finding investigation can be seen as the first step of Section 89, which is an impeachment proceeding as opposed to 182, Mm -hmm. which is a a no-confidence debate. Um, So what's being asked for is simply, well, not simply, but it's an argument that... The National Assembly has done nothing about the Public Protectors' Report yet, and the only way it can really be said to be doing something is if it sits down, takes the Public Protectors' Report, and holds an investigation. And that would involve calling in the president and other people and cross-examining them. Mm. And that is actually what happens normally during an impeachment. Our Section 89 doesn't set out that process. But the argument of the UFS and the UDN is that that is a necessary first step. You can't go through Section 80 time, 89 until you know your facts.
1: Well, if this uh, particular motion is put forward in favor of uh, the opposition parties uh, that have put this uh, to uh, the Constitutional Court, um, do you see the process following into the uh, parliamentary stage? or will that be mandatory from the Constitutional Court? So what I'm asking is what will happen if uh, this judgment is actually in favor of uh, the applicants?
0: Well, we have seen Parliament refuse to carry out its constitutional duty before, uh, namely when the Public Protector's Report came out for the first time, and in other situations where it simply has not held the executive to account. Mm. At the moment, it seems to be more up to the job we've had various uh, ad hoc committees of parliament doing a serious job for example the one on escom and the one on uh on the SABC. So what you're in effect asking is what's the political will of Parliament right now? And given that we're in such a state of flux on the ANC leadership, it's possible that it will be different this time. Were the NA simply to ignore the court ruling, which is not unthinkable, there would be a constitutional crisis, but it's possible, Then we're stuck... Unless the voters in the next election show what they think of that. Because the court doesn't have its own police force to go and force parliament to do what it says.
1: Do you see the dynamics changing due to the fact that uh, President uh, Jacob Zuma is no longer the uh, president of uh, the ruling party, the African National Congress? Do you see that changing the dynamics of uh, the parliament uh, response to today's Concord judgment?
0: I, th- I think so very much. Uh, we know that uh, the MPs are going to be under slightly less of an obligation to please the president because there's not much you can do for them that much longer. On the other hand, I don't know what the background machinations are. Um, the, the, the sort of, the Gupta-aligned wing of the National Executive Committee and the National Working Committee is still strong, so there can be a reason to to please the people. With the good things like so uh, I think there's definitely a sea change in how people are going to react mm. but I can't predict exactly what it would be mm.
1: dr. Powell I'm also interested in your thoughts on terms of how the ganga debacle actually has actually really is a ground for this particular Concord judgment do you do you think that it's still st- is a strong case, even after the fact that he paid a sum of the money after the Constitutional uh, Court itself uh, uh, really instructed him to do so. Uh, do you think this issue of the, the payback the money m- mantra is still relevant today?
0: It's be on paying back money mm. uh, because the, uh, the court papers, in this current case, make it clear that paying back the money is one tiny little piece of of getting redress for what happened. And in fact, what we're dealing with now is not so much what the president should be doing, but what the National Assembly should be doing. So um, it's moved from just give us our money back so that we're not impoverished as a a state to um, let's make sure that the institutions of the country work. Mm. So I think that the whole payback the money mantra gave anchored this whole thing but it's moved from a simple um demand that you know don't steal from us to let us have a proper government and Um, it it was sorry
1: so carry on carry on dr it was the
0: starting point Mm. but it's not where the thing has stopped and it it shouldn't be where the the whole process is just my final
1: question to you how will this judgment also influence uh, the functions of the national assembly
0: Well, if it's effective and if uh, if it holds that the National Assembly has to oversee and scrutinize executive action in some sort of meaningful way, such as setting up an ad ad hoc committee and investigating the president, um, it could lead to, it will lead to, more effective oversight and a stronger parliament. And that, that would be a very good thing.
1: Well, thank you so much for giving us your time. That's Dr. Kathy Powell, who's a senior lecturer in public law at the University of Cape Town.